This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Creativity is the overflow of your godliness into the universe. Anonymous. I am a writer and a musician, and I have long pondered where does my creativity come from? When I sit down to write something, I often feel like it's not really coming from me, but rather it's coming through me. I don't know why I play piano the way I do, why my fingers hit certain notes with just this amount of pressure or sustained duration. I don't know why certain words flow through my fingertips to the keyboard. I often have no idea where my ideas come from. It really feels that creativity is a spark of the divine. God is first and foremost identified to us as a creator. When we first meet God in the Torah, so to speak, it is in the story of the creation of the universe. God's very first act in the Torah is to create light, then darkness, then water, land, animals, birds, fish, and on and on. In our lives, we are supposed to try to emulate the attributes of God in our quest to be more godly and holy in this universe. In short, we too are asked to be creators. Any endeavor of creativity that we undertake then is really an emulation of the divine, Just as God created us humans, he also imbued within us the seeds of creativity to turn around and likewise create of our own accord. But there is one period of time when we are not supposed to be creative. What is that? In the very first story of creation, the Torah describes God's cessation of creativity on the Sabbath. God had finished all of his work and he rested on the seventh day. God had finished all of his work, and he rested on the seventh day. Likewise, God asks us to cease creating on the seventh day. Many people know that we are not supposed to work on Shabbat, but there seems to be a great deal of confusion as to what kind of work are we talking about. When I was a kid, there was a popular Jewish kids musician called Uncle Maishi, One of my absolute favorite songs, super popular among the six-year-old set, was called Big Gedalia Goomber. The song was about a huge, big, strong Jewish dude who refused to work on Saturday. Some of the lyrics went like this. I once helped raise a building, and on the hundredth floor, I was carrying a load of bricks an easy ton or more. And here it's late on Friday. I knew I'd have to stop. So I yelled, watch out below, and let the whole thing drop. Oh, ain't gonna work on Saturday. Ain't gonna work on Saturday. Double, double, triple pay won't make me work on Saturday. Ain't gonna work on Saturday. It's Shabbos Kodesh. One would be forgiven for assuming that the type of work one is not allowed to do on Saturday is intensive physical labor, as described above. You're carrying a load of bricks? Quickly, drop it before Shabbat. Are you mining coal or moving mountains? Not appropriate for Shabbat. 
In other words, it would seem that physical labor is what we are referring to. But if you think about it, the type of work that God sees to do on the Sabbath was not physical labor at all. In fact, God doesn't get tired. So why would he need to rest from physical labor in the first place? But if you think a little more deeply, you will notice that the type of labor that God stopped doing on the Sabbath was specifically creative labor. There's actually a different Hebrew word for creative labor and physical labor. Creative labor is called milacha, while physical labor is called avodah. When the Torah tells us to observe Shabbat, it specifically uses the word milacha, which means creative and intelligent activity. This week in the Torah, we are taught all the things that the Jewish people did to create the temple in the desert. They created the incense, the courtyard, the altars, the ark, the menorah, the wash basin, the pegs and sockets for the walls, the tapestries and curtains, the sacred clothing for the high priests. There are, in fact, 39 categories of creative labor that were undertaken in the desert to create this incredible edifice that eventually became the temple. Some of them include everything related to planting and growing vegetation. Some of them involve aspects of baking and cooking. Some of them involve weaving, dyeing cloth, sewing, and creating the beautiful tapestries in the temple. Some of them involve writing or erasing. Also included are creating and extinguishing fires. All of that creative labor was undertaken. But when Shabbat came, all 39 categories of creative labor were stopped. Because on Shabbat, it's not that we are not allowed to break a sweat, but rather that we cease that uniquely divine form of labor called creativity. Last week, we talked about how a foul-smelling spice makes the whole incense smell even better. Today, I'd like to suggest that taking a pause from creativity will enhance creativity. See, when you're a creative person, it's really hard to take a break. You never know when the inspiration will strike, and when you're in a groove, it's really hard to stop. In our 24-7 wired world, it's pretty countercultural to truly quit, to honor Shabbat by making Friday night and Saturday different from Sunday or from any other day of the week. Greater Good Magazine, based at UC Berkeley, published an article in 2018 detailing five reasons that people should take a digital detox. The article leads with this. Every year in late spring, people from around the world choose to take a fresh look at their relationship with electronic media. They do so by participating in Screen Free Week, which this year starts on April 30th. This annual media detox began in 1994 when it was called TV Turnoff Week and has found renewed relevance in the age of smartphones. The five reasons in short are 1. Becoming more aware of the present moment. Two, improved sleep. Three, enhanced human-to-human connection. Four, productivity and learning, which I'll get back to in a minute. And finally, five, 
breaking the habit of constantly checking our devices, regardless of whether that impulse is to check emails, text messages, social media, or the always breaking news cycle. This jumped out at me, though. In terms of productivity and learning, or creativity, as one might call it, the author, Mary Gomez, says this, Any work that requires a focused mind will benefit from a media break. This has been vividly demonstrated in a number of recent studies summarized by Nicholas Carr in the 2017 essay, How Smartphones Hijack Our Minds. In classroom settings, he notes, mobile phones disrupt learning through the distraction of task switching as students text or surf the internet in class. Mrs. Gomez is suggesting that creativity is enhanced by cessation of other activities, particularly focus-destroying smartphone use. I would broaden that by suggesting this. Creativity is enhanced by cessation of creating. As a creative person, I often get my most creative ideas when I stop trying so hard to create. Multinational studies have shown that 72% of people get their best ideas in the shower, where your mind is free to roam. Productivity expert Barry Kaufman says, You want to make sure that you make time and room for solitude. That can take a lot of forms, like taking a daily stroll to reconfigure your brain and get off the path that you have been working on the past hour or two. It could involve a daydreaming room that locks out the external noise. I've done some research on showering. We did a multinational study and found that people reported more creative inspiration in their showers than they did at work. That's really telling about how we think and find creativity. Maybe this is God's ironic way of teaching us that our creativity was never ours to begin with, but rather, as the quote that I started with states, creativity is the overflow of your godliness into the universe. Meaning, maybe God will make sure we don't lose out on our creativity by hitting the pause button for Shabbat, but rather will repay us in kind, reminding us that in any case, all creative ideas are his alone. Because if we're emulating God by being creative in the first place, shouldn't we emulate him by pausing for Shabbat? Oh, and who actually said that quote? Guess what? It was me. Where did it come from? I have no idea. As my husband likes to say, God must have dropboxed it into my head. I'm grateful for that. Shabbat Shalom. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book, to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.